the real estate market, as we know, is changing. Things are shifting. This is okay. This is a good thing, okay? And I really want our listeners, Ashley, I really want our listeners to to understand what is really happening and to turn off those big media channels that are really selling fear. It's it's just it's not right. So what's going on? Tell tell us what's happening. Fair sells ads, and and that's really what what's happening. But three reasons why the real estate market shift is needed, and I want to share this because I was mm-hmm. thinking about this, and I'm like, you know, people just they kind of gotta have a different look. Okay, so um, number one, aspiring home buyers are now finally finding homes. Thank God. The <laughs> inventory. I mean, our home buy like home buyers that were out there fighting and making their way a couple months back and all last year and the year before, the inventory was so low. It was so down. There would be like 10 offers, 11 offers on some properties, and it's still happening in some markets, okay? Some of them, okay? And by the way, a market could be a town. It could be a uh, a neighborhood. A market is is very, 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 it is micro, okay? But when we're looking at the uh, big picture, if you want to call Rhode Island and Massachusetts big, right? But when we're looking at the big picture, inventory is increasing. There's more homes on the market right now, but what else is increasing? You'll be talking about next segment. Interest rates. Interest rates. Interest rates are increasing. So what's happening is it's becoming more of a balanced market, also pushing more towards a buyer's market, which means buyers now have more of an ability to negotiate terms and price that fit their needs more than the one-sided seller's market, okay? Yeah, it's, a, it's reassuring. Hopefully, it'll build some confidence in the it, market. It will. It will. I mean, uh, consumers are actually still very confident out there. Now, home sellers, let's quickly talk with you about this, why this is still really a fantastic time, because rates are not they're not at the 5.75% as we anticipate they will be next year at this time. The homes are still affordable for buyers where there is, there's a ton of buyers out there and the buyers that were so peed off, (laughs) right? That when they couldn't find anything are now back and we're working with them again, real estate agents, the smart ones are calling their buyers, their clients saying, Hey, jump on in. You know, we've got 30, 40% more inventory in this area than before. That's huge, okay? So big stuff, good stuff there for home buyers as well as home sellers, aka balanced market. It's a win-win. Two, high quality. Uh, number three was a balanced market win-win. I forgot I wrote that. I'll I'll touch upon that a little bit better in a minute. Number two, high quality real estate experience. Ashley, what happens? What happens when you when you have a, a, such a, a fantastic, easy seller's market where you can just list a property and and it sells? What happens uh, from the buyer's point of view or the seller's um, point of view? I or mean, it's such general, an open-ended I mean, question. But. So, so everyone thinks that you know it's a push to sell, and then you have the buyer's fears of okay, am I paying too much, or what happens if the market crashes? Mm-hmm. Like I hear all of these things that are just sure. spewed from people's mouths, like. No, it's just a different time and it will rebalance again. But I think, again, sellers think, okay, did I miss the boat? No, it's still a fantastic time to sell. You are correct. There's one other thing that happens. Everyone and their mother and father and uncle and sister and brother want to jump into real estate and become a real estate agent. So what you then have there, right now there's over 2 million real estate agents in this country. 2 million licensed real estate agents. 
Okay. There is so many real estate agents and it's so, it was so easy. You just had to list a property and Mm -hmm. it would sell. Now, Mm -hmm. real estate is one of those professions that is, it's a fantastic opportunity. And there's some people that they want to go in and, and sell three or five houses a year. And that's fine. You know, as, as long as they answer the calls, do their job, read up on stuff, there's nothing wrong with that. But there is an overabundance of people that make that give the industry a bad name yep. because they're not picking up their phone. They're, yeah. they're, they don't know what they're doing. They don't have the mentorship. And then people look at real estate agents as a whole as a negative type of profession. Correct. And I got to tell you that buyers and sellers alike are going to have a far better experience because my prediction is this. It's going to thin out. The market's going to thin out. Oh, yeah. My prediction is about 30% of the current real estate agents that are now in are going to be gone. And and it's okay because the the stronger ones are going to stay. Okay. The stronger ones are going to stay and they're going to give really fantastic service to their clients and provide a value. And it's going to be better overall for the consumers. This happens, you know, every ten years or so. For Absolutely. A cycle, and it's it's a good uh, it's a good experience. Honestly, it's a good thing that happens. I give anyone credit that wants to become a real estate agent. Yep. I give them a ton of credit. It is it's not an easy gig. I mean, no job is really easy. Think about it. It all has stuff that's good and bad. Uh, and, and I give the most credit to the ones that that stay. stay with it, stick with it, fight through the first six months, the first year. Like, look at our producer, Christina, over here, right? She she is always hustling, okay? Yeah. I could not call her a part-time realtor because I know she works 40-plus hours a week at both jobs. She's putting in over 80 hours a week. Yeah. I see her yeah. writing emails, taking calls, doing her thing. She's on top of it. That's that's the that's type work ethic though. That's not the HG, you know, HGTV, hey, become a realtor because we make it look easy. That yeah. is work ethic. But I'm talking about that person mm-hmm. that is like, well, you know what? Uh, I'm just I don't have anything else to do. So I'm I guess I'm gonna, you I'll know sell a house. <laughs> or or I work my full time job sixty hours a week in an office. I can't pick up my phone. Um so but you know what? I really want to do this because everyone's making a killing making money. Wrong idea. That's the wrong reason to Correct. go into it. And that gives the consumers an overall bad experience. Moving on to number three, a balanced market is a win-win situation. Okay. So we are now more or less in a balanced market in more markets than none here in Rhode Island and Massachusetts areas. Right. And the balanced market allows buyers to purchase, allows sellers to sell in reasonable times. So these are all three reasons why I believe that this housing market is fantastic. It is a wonderful market, you know, and I I don't know how many times people ask and they probably have come to you, do they say, okay, well, now that we're getting away from the seller's market, is that a prediction that the market's going to crash? No, it just means that we're coming back to norms. This was normal a year ago. This yeah. was normal two years ago. So we're just back to norms. We just have to change the mindset and yeah. accept it. We got to understand as well why the market has crashed before. What caused the market to crash before? And over 50% Mm-hmm. of the loans that were given yep. out, okay, were subprime, meaning that they were pretty much almost guaranteed to fail. You had one out of every two buyers purchasing homes that were hardly qualified, not qualified, that were purchasing homes. What do you think is going to happen? 
Nothing now. I mean, we're so highly regulated that we, you know, we, everyone in the industry learned from their mistake. And, mm -hmm. and now, you know, it's, I'm not going to say fail proof that oh, no. you can't control things, but it is um, much better regulated. Yeah, ab absolutely. So thank you, Ashley. Appreciate all of that input. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back with Ashley Borden with Residential Mortgage Services. She's going to be talking about how to prepare to buy, to purchase a home in this current balance slash buyer's market. Stay tuned. We'll be right back here on News Radio 920. Auger with Patriot Home Inspections on the line with us. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Mike, you've got a really fantastic subject today, and it is how are, how are sellers going to continue to take leverage in a balanced and a buyer's market during the home inspection time period. Vital part of the process where buyers can come in and ask for tons of credits and tons of you know uh, money off the price. They can ask for the repair credits. They can ask for costly repairs. What would you suggest sellers to do? Well, first thing is you got to know exactly what you're selling. So to know what you're selling, the only way to do it properly is to do a pre-list home inspection. So this is where we come in and we do an inspection for a seller, mm -hmm. just like as if they were buying the property. And then they're going to, in effect, get the buyer's home inspection report or something really close to what the buyer's home inspector is going to provide, and they can act accordingly. How does this help them, you might ask? Mm -hmm. um, like you were talking about, buyers right now, because it's, it's a balanced market or maybe even starting to drift back towards being a little bit of a buyer's market now. Mm -hmm. um, so buyers are, are tempted and more likely to ask for all kinds of stuff. And they're, they're more willing to walk, I think, right now, which is going to just make you have to relist the house and start the process all over again. And, and there's, not, there's not a ton that you can do about it after they have their home inspection because now they're going to have a whole list of stuff and they're going to ask you for the moon. So mm -hmm. if you had all that list of stuff on the disclosure, which you would if you had us do the inspection, now you take that all off the table. The other thing that you do, if you happen to have a property that is in better than average or even exceptional condition, you can market the house that, hey, we've already had it inspected. You're not going to have any surprises when you come and make an offer on this house. Yes. And it's going to make somebody more enticed to go ahead and make an offer because the, the uncertainty, which is the most uh, – the, the biggest source of fear for a buyer is uncertainty. The uncertainty mostly is gone. So having us come in and inspect everything and then being ultra-transparent with your listing, uh, you know, is just going to make that property so much more attractive to buyers. We even see sometimes where buyers will go so far as to do their homework, find a home inspector, and, you know, uh, sometimes it's us. Mm -hmm. And then they, they, they go to hire us for the inspection, and I tell them, listen, we already did the inspection for the buyer. They've already made up their mind that they like what we're about, and they may not even get a secondary home inspection, and that process is super smooth at that point. Uh, 100%. I can't agree more. I heard a statistic one time, and I do agree from my experience, that buyers are asking for $3 worth of repair credits for every $1 worth of actual repairs. Now, I mean, they might do it out of fear. That, like you said, they might do it out of uncertainty. They might do it out of, oh, you know, just sheer panic. So if we can handle these objections before they become objections, it's a big plus and heavy leverage for sellers. Yeah. I mean, a, a perfect example when it comes to asking for more than, than what it's worth. Um, we did an inspection for a buyer. Mm -hmm. uh, the buyer had a few electrical items, and he ended up asking for like $4,500 to fix the electrical items, which mm -hmm. is probably eight to ten times what these minor type of deficiencies 
actually are going to cost to bring in a reputable licensed guy to fix it. We're talking about minor things, not mm-hmm. whole new electrical service yet. And uh, the seller actually called me because he had my phone number because uh, we leave a leave behind letter, but that's another thing. Mm-hmm. And he was asking me about all this stuff. And, you know, I felt bad at that point, but I, I worked for the buyer. Um, I don't tell these people what to ask for. I just tell them what, uh, what's broken, and it's up to them to ask for whatever they want. Sometimes it's just greed. You're like, hey, you know what? We can knock five grand off the price of this house, and then we can get all this stuff fixed for four hundred dollars. Yeah, and, and that happens. Yeah, and you know, in a buyer's market, a seller is now maybe compelled just to be like, oh man, uh, all right, I guess I'll just do it because I really want to sell this house. Yeah, and they're costing themselves in this particular case, let's say thirty five hundred dollars, when they could have saved that up front for four hundred and fifty bucks, just having us check it out ahead of time. They could have had it fixed or disclosed it, and they'd have been done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's right on. And and there's another point too, you know, it's not only leverage for the sellers, but you're giving the buyers leverage in a sense that they're getting a good feel for the home and for what it is. And they have the leverage of being able to pull out of the agreement if they don't like the inspection report or they can pull They don't even have to write up an agreement if they want to see the inspection report first, because like you said, we're transparent. We want to make sure that this is the right fit for buyer and seller alike. And, right. Uh, you, you exactly. You may get people that don't make an offer on the house, which is fine because it's only going to fall through anyways. Hundred so, percent. You know, if 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 it's not a right fit, like you're talking about. So I mean, it's you know, it, it's a great thing to do. You know, um, and and the other thing is when you know, the the biggest thing that that makes problems is a surprise. Oh my God! If you can get rid of surprises, then then we can we can simplify the the whole process. You know. Absolutely. And there's one other way that I've seen this actually work. So with homes that need a lot of work, Mm -hmm. what we do is we say, listen, let's negotiate right now what the buyer wants as far as repairs. Let's get this out, right? Let's get it out of the way, off the table, put it on a repair addendum. The seller's going to go ahead, take care of all these repairs uh, for you at this price. And boom, that's a win-win. Yeah, I mean, that's not to interrupt. That is that is ultra smart because mm-hmm. what we've seen happen uh, from my point of view is we'll do a home inspection. Uh, the, the seller now, sometimes if they, if they don't get great guidance from their, you know, their real estate agent, um, they might in their mind say, all right, we're going to fix ABCD because we want to sell this house. And we think this is the most important thing for most buyers. Oh, true. But the particular buyer that comes in, let's just say they, they want to put a new roof on the house. And so they blow $9,000 bringing in a roofer and putting in a nice roof on the house. And it's all beautiful. And then a buyer comes in, and let's say by coincidence, they're a roofer. They could have done that roof for cost, and they really want other stuff yeah. fixed. But now you don't have the money to fix the stuff that's going to move this house for real, yeah. and you're still in a bind. The best thing is take the report, talk to your agent, get the thing on the market, and then negotiate the repairs that go with the person that actually wants the house. Mm-hmm. You know, um, And let's, let's make it easy. I agree 100%. And, you know, if our listeners, if they have any questions at all, you know, you, listen, you can easily go to homeinspectorri.com. Again, homeinspectorri.com. And you can check out Mike's website. His contact info is right there. You can see what his tests, uh, his inspections are all about. Um, you know, my, my team, we use them. Our clients use them. They highly recommend them. So, Mike, thanks for being here with us. We appreciate the guidance and uh, the information always. Nice. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. You're welcome. You too, Mike. Thank you.
Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to the Roundtable Real Estate Simplified. If you've missed any other parts of the show or if you want to hear this segment again, you can easily check us out on Apple iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud and any other real major streaming um, podcast channel. But uh, anyways, in the studio with us, we've got Ashley Borden with Residential Mortgage Services. Ashley, hello. Hello. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. And we've got Mike Auger with Patriot Home Inspections on the line with us. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Mike, you've got a really fantastic subject today, and it is how are, how are sellers going to continue to take leverage in a balanced and a buyer's market during the home inspection time period. Vital part of the process where buyers can come in and ask for tons of credits and tons of you know uh, money off the price. They can ask for the repair credits. They can ask for costly repairs. What would you suggest sellers to do? Well, first thing is you got to know exactly what you're selling. So to know what you're selling, the only way to do it properly is to do a pre-list home inspection. So this is where we come in and we do an inspection for a seller, mm-hmm. just like as if they were buying the property. And then they're going to, in effect, get the buyer's home inspection report or something really close to what the buyer's home inspector is going to provide, and they can act accordingly. How does this help them, you might ask? Mm-hmm. Um, like you were talking about, buyers right now, because it's, it's a balanced market or maybe even starting to drift back towards being a little bit of a buyer's market now. Mm-hmm. Um, so buyers are, are tempted and more likely to ask for all kinds of stuff. And they're, they're more willing to walk, I think, right now, which is going to just make you have to relist the house and start the process all over again. And, and there's, not, there's not a ton that you can do about it after they have their home inspection because now they're going to have a whole list of stuff and they're going to ask you for the moon. So if you had all that list of stuff on the disclosure, which you would if you had us do the inspection, now you take that all off the table. The other thing that you do, if you happen to have a property that is in better than average or even exceptional condition, you can market the house that, hey, we've already had it inspected. You're not going to have any surprises when you come and make an offer on this house. And it's going to make somebody more enticed to go ahead and make an offer because the the uncertainty, which is the most... uh, the biggest source of fear for a buyer is uncertainty. The uncertainty mostly is gone. So having us come in and inspect everything and then being ultra transparent with your listing, uh, you know, is just going to make that property so much more attractive to buyers. We even see sometimes where buyers will go so far as to do their homework, find a home inspector, and, you know, uh, sometimes it's us. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, they go to hire us for the inspection. And I tell them, listen, we already did the inspection for the buyer. They've already made up their mind that they like what we're about, and they may not even get a secondary home inspection, and that process is super smooth at that point. Uh, 100%. I can't agree more. I heard a statistic one time, and I do agree from my experience, that buyers are asking for $3 worth of repair credits for every $1 worth of actual repairs. Now, I mean, they might do it out of fear. that, Like you said, they might do it out of uncertainty. They might do it out of, you know, just sheer panic. So if we can handle these objections before they become objections, it's a big plus and heavy leverage for sellers. Yeah. I mean, a, a perfect example when it comes to asking for more than, than what it's worth. Um, we did an inspection for a buyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the buyer had a few electrical items, and he ended up asking for like $4,500 to fix the electrical items, which mm-hmm. is probably eight to ten times what these minor type of deficiencies actually are going to cost to bring in a reputable licensed guy to fix it. We're talking about minor things, not mm-hmm. whole new electrical service yet. And uh, the seller actually called me because he had my phone number because uh, we, 
leave a leave behind letter, but that's just another thing. Mm-hmm. And he was asking me about all this stuff. And, you know, I felt bad at that point, but I, I worked for the buyer. Um, I don't tell these people what to ask for. I just tell them what, uh, what's broken, and it's up to them to ask for whatever they want. Sometimes it's just greed. You're like, hey, you know what? We can knock five grand off the price of this house, and then we can get all this stuff fixed for four hundred dollars. Yeah, and, and that happens. Yeah, and you know, in a buyer's market, a seller is now maybe compelled just to be like, oh man, uh, all right, I guess I'll just do it because I really want to sell this house. Yeah, and they're costing themselves in this particular case, let's say thirty five hundred dollars, when they could have saved that up front for four hundred and fifty bucks, just having us check it out ahead of time. They could have had it fixed or disclosed it, and they'd have been done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's right on. And and there's another point too, you know, it's not only leverage for the sellers, but you're giving the buyers leverage in a sense that they're getting a good feel for the home and for what it is. And they have the leverage of being able to pull out of the agreement if they don't like the inspection report or they can pull, they don't even have to write up an agreement if they want to see the inspection report first. Because like you said, we're transparent. We want to make sure that this is the right fit for buyer and seller alike. And, right. Uh, you, you exactly. You may get people that don't make an offer on the house, which is fine because it's only going to fall through anyways. Hundred so, percent. You know, if 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 it's not a right fit, like you're talking about. So I mean, it's you know, it, it's a great thing to do. You know, um, and and the other thing is when you know, the the biggest thing that that makes problems is a surprise. Oh and my God! If you can get rid of surprises, then then we can we can simplify the the whole process. You know. Absolutely. And there's one other way that I've seen this actually work. So with homes that need a lot of work, Mm -hmm. what we do is we say, listen, let's negotiate right now what the buyer wants as far as repairs. Let's get this out, right? Let's get it out of the way, off the table, put it on a repair addendum. The seller's going to go ahead, take care of all these repairs uh, for you at this price. And boom, that's a win-win. Yeah, I mean, that's not to interrupt. That is that is ultra smart because mm-hmm. what we've seen happen uh, from my point of view is we'll do a home inspection. Uh, the, the seller now, sometimes if they, if they don't get great guidance from their, you know, their real estate, um, they might in their mind say, right, we're going to fix ABCD because we want to sell this house. And we think this is the most important thing for most buyers. Oh, true. But the particular buyer that comes in, let's just say they, they want to put a new roof on the house. And so they blow $9,000 bringing in a roofer and putting in a nice roof on the house. And it's all beautiful. And then a buyer comes in, and let's say by coincidence, they're a roofer. They could have done that roof for cost, and they really want other stuff yeah. fixed. But now you don't have the money to fix the stuff that's going to move this house for real, yeah. and you're still in a bind. The best thing is take the report, talk to your agent, get the thing on the market, and then negotiate the repairs that go with the person that actually wants the house. Mm-hmm. You know, um, And let's, let's make it easy. I agree 100%. And, you know, if our listeners, if they have any questions at all, you know, you listen, you can easily go to homeinspectorri.com. Again, homeinspectorri.com. And you can check out Mike's website. His contact info is right there. You can see what his tests, uh, his inspections are all about. Um, you know, my, my team, we use them. Our clients use them. They highly recommend them. So, Mike, thanks for being here with us. We appreciate the guidance and uh, the information always. 
Nice. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. You're welcome. You too, Mike. Thank you. With Peter George, with Peter George Public Speaking, and uh, he's going to tell us basically why it is necessary to use the right body language and tone when talking in any environment, especially a sales environment. Um, but in the studio with us, I also have to introduce, besides Peter, I have to introduce Ashley Borden with Residential Mortgage Services. Thanks Hi, for being here, Ashley. Good. How are you? Fabulous. Good. Peter, thanks for joining us again. Pleasure to be here. It's great to have you here. And, um, you know, for those of you that don't know, Peter's also my personal uh, public speaking coach. So we're coming a long way, slowly but surely. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, So uh, the, the thought of the day, the tip of the day, Peter, go ahead. What, what's on your mind? What do you want to share? Well, people often think of public speaking as being on stage or in a meeting, business meeting or the like, mm -hmm. and they f forget that it's really when you're speaking with anybody. Sure. It can be one-on-one. -on -one. And I see a lot of people who may have even taken sales training, which I highly condone. It's, Absolutely. it's very worthwhile. But what happens is they don't learn how to use their body and the tone of their voice to foster and supplement the sales training that they learn. So their body might even betray them. Okay. And Can you when give you, us an example? Yeah, let's let's take Ashley's profession. Okay. You know, you're sitting there, someone wants a, a mortgage, and they're sitting across from a mortgage originator, and that originator has their hands under the table. Now no one's gonna sit across from that originator <laughs> and say sneaky <laughs> and say, Oh my god, she has her hands under the table. This doesn't feel right. No one's gonna do that. But they might walk away saying, I didn't feel comfortable. I don't know why I didn't feel comfortable, okay. but I didn't feel comfortable. And the reason for that is psychologically, your hands under the table or especially guys standing there with their hands in their pockets, yeah. when we can't see someone's hands, yeah. it's a signal of mistrust. What sure. are they hiding? Okay. So when you have especially someone in the uh, financial industry mm -hmm. hiding their hands, people don't feel as comfortable. It's true. So their body language when they're helping people by providing a mortgage or making a sale or selling a car or whatever it might be, when their body language betrays them, people walk away. And again, they're not saying, oh, my God, the person did this. That's not it. But they are walking away saying, I didn't feel as comfortable with this person as I did with that person. It's good to know. I, that makes sense. And this is why I end up working with salespeople as well as executives and the like, so they can learn how to do this. And they mm -hmm. can learn to use their voice to get their point across when they're making that sale or helping and assisting someone to purchase, especially a major purchase like a car or a house mm -hmm. or really anything. Huge, yeah. How does tone come into play when, you know, when, when you're working with somebody on, let's talk again about financial, somebody like a real estate agent or a mortgage broker or a financial planner? Tone is huge. It's like any, anything else that's going to be a component of this. It, they all work together. And your tone of voice makes a difference. And I've even spoken with some uh, real estate people where I'll, I'll say, when someone walks into a house, if you guys still do open houses or not, Absolutely. someone walks into the house, there's a difference between hi mm. and good morning. Yeah, I'd rather get the good it's morning. A different, right. It's a different yeah. tone. Hi is all fake. We, we often think of lower tones being more sincere and more, more professional. Genuine. You know, there's a, yeah, more genuine. Yeah. Well, I, I'm well, looking well, over here saying, I always say, hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm not fake. I'm just like, no, it's not, and, you know? And, 
And being authentic. Why you gotta take it personally? Being authentic oh is necessary. Okay. And don't take it personally. <laughs> Not talking about you, Ashley. But if you ever want to see how this actually works in <laughs> in real out. life, you can go on and just Google uh, Margaret Thatcher, who was the Prime Minister yeah. of England in the 80s, I believe. And when she started her career, her tone was higher. And she realized she wasn't getting the respect that she thought she deserved. Really? And she worked with a voice coach for, I believe, six months. And you, they'll show it when you Google this. They'll show before and after. Mm-hmm. And the pitch of her voice comes down. Hmm. So that tone makes a difference how we, we do things. And I know that when I get excited or, or happy about something, my voice goes up. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I don't have a real low voice. You know, we always think of those radio voices that are real low. And look how much credibility we Bill get George, B101. Get that Bill wonderful George. radio right. voice. Yeah. You know, that's why they call it that. Yeah. Well, that's a skill people have to learn to practice. It really is. You don't like think about else. it. And I, I wouldn't think about that. When so. I go on stage, my yeah. voice drops and I laugh in my head a little like <laughs> yeah. this. You know, it's funny how it just happens. Sure. But when I normally speak, it's probably up here. Yeah. But when I'm on stage, it'll drop down. Oh, a that's funny. More like this. So tone makes a difference. Your voice, uh, the way you use it, your hands, all of this, st- sitting up straight. Basically, everything your mother told you yes. okay. yeah. is what you want to use. That's great advice. I-, I got a question for you. What about when your heart is racing? Right, Ashley? Like, yes. right, you're, you're sitting in front of a <laughs> You're sitting in front of a client. All right, so let's say you could be in front of a client. You could be on a date. You could be in front of a stage, uh, in front of a crowd of people. Your heart's racing. How, how do you keep a calm, cool voice? First thing you want to do is understand why it's racing. It's racing because of your adrenaline. Okay. Your adrenal glands say, this is not normal. This is a stressful situation. We should either fight or get the heck out of here. In either case, your heart has to be pumping. Yeah, absolutely. You begin to sweat a little. All of this is to prep your body to either fight or run. Throw in three cups of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Oh, yeah, you just (laughs) boom, boom, boom. (laughs) Just boom. It's crack. Once you realize why it's happening and that it is happening, you can sit there or stand there and say, okay, I realize this is happening. This is what I have to do. Yeah. Deep breaths. Three to five deep breaths. The problem is, what a lot of people will do is they go right to the doctor with the deep breath of a deep breath and hold it. And when you do that, your body gets more tense. You so, want to faint. <laughs> right. So it's no, a deep breath and let it right out. Yeah. And you do a few of those and your body starts to relax. And it's really recognizing why it's happening and that it's happening and counteracting it. Great advice. Very good advice. Peter, if somebody wants to reach you, what's the website? PeterGeorgePublicSpeaking.com. That's what I thought. I just want to make sure. PeterGeorgePublicSpeaking.com. Easy peasy. Give it a visit. Check it out. Let them know that you heard it here on the roundtable. Good stuff, bud. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being here with us. Hey, stay tuned. When we get back, we're going to have Mike Auger with Patriot Home Inspections. He's going to be giving you your real estate home inspection tip of the week. Stay tuned. We'll be right back here on the roundtable. Real Estate Simplified. A lot of crazy stuff going on in the market right now. There is a shift. People are panicking. No need to panic. Do not panic. It's all mindset, people. (laughs) Breathe. Relax. Yeah. (laughs) We've been doing this a very, very, very long time. So we've seen these cycles up and down. It is okay. Absolutely. It just takes a while for people to adjust and accept the fact that this is what's going on and have to keep moving forward. I think it's a good thing. I really do too. I I do believe that it's about time buyers Mm -hmm. have an opportunity to go out and actually find homes. I agree. And now buyers are actually having an easier time negotiating. Correct. 
an easier time uh, getting the repair requests that they need. Yep. Because, yep. Right? Yeah, absolutely. What, what was happening a, a couple months ago? I mean, a couple months ago, I go back to my pinata store where it's like 60 kids at a birthday party. They hit the pinata, two pieces of candy. They all like run towards it. And oh, it is a just analogy. a craziness. But it is a little bit of a shift and we just have to embrace it. And we've seen this before. And I'm so sick of hearing people say, oh, you know, I missed the boat on this. I missed the boat on that. Uh. Listen, it's always a good time to buy and sell if you mm-hmm. want to buy a new home or move on. So yeah. do not, you know, get caught up in this media crap. You know? Oh, God. I hate to say I, it. No, you're right, though. You're so right. And, and I hate it. Like you turn on turn on the news, all the channels, they're all they're all they're all garbage for the most part. They're all, wouldn't you agree? Facebook, they're all garbage. <laughs> yes. right? So you turn this on and it's it's all a scare tactic. Yeah. And like, listen, it's out of our control, right? They're out of our control. So embrace it and just look at your personal situation and let's figure out a way to get you into a home. The market, okay. So now the buyers are getting a little bit more of the upper hand. Sellers can still make money, but guess what? Sellers, you might not maybe make as much, but you're going to get that on the other end when you buy. So in the Mm -hmm. end of the day... It all balances out. Solid point. So what can a buyer do right now in this market that is now turning from a seller's market to a balanced market and faster than some may think in areas into a buyer's market? What can a buyer do to be prepared? I think that they need to put their feet in the water and really Mm -hmm. dip in. So I feel like the same conversation I have every week is, should I wait? Should I wait? Should I wait? No, do not wait. Or the people that, you know, maybe gave up because they were frustrated of getting into those like bidding matches will now come back into the game. I think that most people on a daily basis, they don't look at what they can afford. They don't look at what they spend. They know what their lifestyle's like. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's fear by actually looking at their bank statement saying, oh, you know what? I spend a lot of money on booze or I like to eat a lot. Whatever, that's fine. But look at your budget and look at the necessities. Look at the things that make you happy and maybe cut out a little bit or modify a little bit because guess what? With rates being up, we are going to have to make a little bit of a sacrifice on maybe some things because that's the hand that we're dealt with. we got to work with what we have. Mm -hmm. Rates are always going to go up and down. That's the normal fact. So you got to look at your budget. What can you afford right now? And what can we offer as a lender that might make this more affordable? So now what we're seeing is maybe instead of a 30-year fixed, save a half a point and look at like a 10-year arm where it's fixed for 10 years, which is a very long time. That's smart. And then in 10 years from now, I guarantee you probably won't be in the house. But if you are, we'll evaluate. True. You know, we can also look at products with no PMI, which maybe if that $100 is shaved off, that puts you in a better price range. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's good alternative products out there, but I think that people are always assuming the norm, what their friends and family got for a loan, and they don't say... What do you have to offer that maybe can boost up my price range now that the rates are up or, you know, keep me in that price range, but keep the payment affordable for my family? Mm -hmm. So it's an open discussion. It's a conversation. Absolutely. And I think so the first time I decided to purchase was uh, in 2000 and I think it was 2006 or so. Right. I didn't end up moving forward at that time. But. I, I w- didn't have the resources that we have nowadays. Yeah. We couldn't go online and check out reviews. We couldn't, you know what I mean? So we had to literally go by what our friends and family or coworkers said. And 
the gentleman I spoke with on the phone was super nice, but he's like, hey, I got a guy over here to talk with this guy, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And that I just felt the time so <laughs> sketchy. I yeah. was like, I don't want to do this. Screw this. I'm not buying a house. It was a scary, it was a scary <laughs> time, right? So I, so nowadays, you can easily go on Zillow, on Google. You can go on Facebook. You can check people's reviews. And sit down and just make an appointment, but... Don't give up. Like, honestly, I just want to say this to people. Like, do not say, okay, rates are in the fives. I'm going to wait five, ten years until they're back in the threes. Uh, Listen, you're going to be waiting forever. Just sit down and let's talk about what is your Mm. number, what can you afford, and we'll give you all the alternative products out there, safe products, good, you know, mortgages, and let's see if Emilio and Realtors can get you into a home. Yeah, definitely. You know, one stat that that our listeners and our viewers on Facebook really got to know is that the average fo- the average rate over the past 40 years is about 9%. Yeah. 9%. So know. anything under 9% <laughs> is awesome. Is a, a a pretty darn good deal, right? We yeah. are literally half, almost half of of that. Yeah. We which were is fantastic. spoiled, but people also don't think like, okay, rates from the threes were great, but look at the rest of it. Maybe you had a spouse that was unemployed. Maybe yeah. people, you know, were struggling. So we're in a better economy. This was going to happen. And I say, you know, fours, high fours, low fives, even if they go into the sixes, they're still great. So just keep on plugging away. There's one other thing too that people need to realize is that, look, first, a couple things I want to share, please, is forget about the rate. Forget about yes. all that stuff, the hype. The monthly number payments. with your taxes, insurance, the payments, you know, what, your your lifestyle, the monthly number, it's all about that. And Correct. at the end of the year, if if you can live better, and, and it sounds like a Walmart commercial, if you can literally live better, <laughs> right, and buy and find the right real estate transaction with the right team behind you, you're not going to be in a bad situation. No, no. You're, you're just not. Your house is always going to appreciate. You're investing. Tax, tax incentives. I mean, the whole nine. I mean, I, I believe a lot of our, our listeners may know about that. If you don't, Give me a call direct, 401-359-2338. We can go over this. I can link you up with Ashley. She's fantastic. One of the best mortgage brokers in the state of Rhode Island and and Massachusetts. I can tell you she does a ton of business. Thank you. No, you're you're welcome. You're welcome. So um, there's one other fact I wanted to say. Sure. And it slipped my mind. Because I'm chatty, Kathy. No, 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 no. It's going to come to you, but I think it's important to have this open discussion. And hopefully later in the show, you'll think of it because I know it's important. I may or I may not. Who knows? I mean, you know, whatever. (laughs) So any uh, any any closing statements for our listeners and viewers? I would just say that um, right now, you know, kind of circle back with us, go back to the basics, save a mortgage payment or two mortgage payments in the bank so you're prepared if you do Mm -hmm. find a house. Work on your credit. You know, if you have some debts that are a little bit higher, take your highest monthly payment and chip away at that one first because that's going to help give you more bang for your buck. Um, Tax season is coming, so maybe if you're panicking and you don't have the money, do your taxes nice and early and save that money. Um, look at some 401k choices, see if you have that money available to maybe borrow if you do find the right home. So prepare, prepare and plan. Someone's, you know, this time of year, people tend to back off. There might be really good opportunities for you. So just be prepared. Absolutely. You want to give your phone number out? Yeah, I would love to. So my cell phone is 978-758-9227. Okay, cool. And uh, for anybody watching on Facebook, you can inbox us. 
we can send that to you or uh, our, our listeners here in the studio. Uh, what is it again? 978-758-9227. Perfect. Okay, great. Thank you, Ashley. Thank Stay you. tuned. We're going to be right back here with Peter George, public speaking coach. He's going to be letting us know about why tonality and body language matter so much when you're talking with someone across the other side of the table. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here. The Roundtable, Real Estate Simplified, News Radio 920, WHJJ.